It is good to be here with you and see you again and see some, I started to say some old faces, but let's just say familiar faces. <laughs> Keep myself out of trouble here. Years go by quickly, don't they? It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. My subject this morning is on sin and death. And I'm basically going to stay on this theme throughout the day, this service and the next service. Sin and death, then in the preaching service, it'll be redeemed from the curse of the law. One cannot read the Bible. You cannot take the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation and not see that sin and death always go together, don't they? They always go together. They cannot be separated. Where you find one, where you find sin, I promise you, you will find death. And where you find death, you'll find sin. You ever hear someone dies and you say, what did he die from? They say, well, he died from a heart attack, or he died from cancer, or he died from this or that. But the very root of the matter is, you know what we die from? Sin. Sin. That's what we die from. Before Adam fell, there was no sin or death in this world. Imagine this. Imagine this world, this earth, as absolutely perfect. No sin. At one time, it was like that. At one time, there was no sin and there was no death. There was no concern of death. It was perfect. But after Adam's fall, it's been nothing but sin and death. Nothing but sin. There is not one inch, I mean not one inch of this earth that something has not died on. It might be an earthworm, a germ or something, but there's not one inch of this earth that something has not died on. And that's because of sin. The scripture says that death reigns over all. Even infants die. And why do infants die? Because of sin. Not because of something they did, but because of what they are. David said, in sin, in sin did my mother conceive me. And therefore now death reigns over all. All have to die. I want to look at this in three points. Death in sin, death for sin, and then last of all, death to sin, which is the good news of the gospel. Now, why, why is there so much stress put on, put on these two subjects? The reason why is to show that man is dead. He's spiritually dead. He has absolutely... No spiritual life whatsoever. Ephesians chapter 2. Look in verse 1. In verse uh, 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead. You were dead in trespasses and sins. You have not the life of God in you. 
You have not spiritual life by nature. We are born dead spiritually. Look over in, uh, in Colossians chapter 2. Over here in Colossians chapter 2. In verse, um, let me see here, verse, Colossians 2, 13. And you, being dead in your sins, you know, we are really, we are, before God saves a sinner, that sinner is nothing more than a dead man walking. Isn't that true? We're nothing more than dead men and women walking. Have not the life of God. You know, when, the, when our Lord speaks of eternal life, he's not talking about how long it is. He's talking about the quality of it. He's talking about the life of God. He's talking about the life of God in the soul. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. But you were dead. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the part that, that lost men and women, they can't see that, can they? I didn't see it at one time. I didn't see it. You don't see that you're dead until God gives you life, and you realize you were dead. People think that because we can communicate with each other, we can reason, we can talk, and they think because of that that they can automatically do the same with God. Outside of Christ, you can't do it. Outside of Christ, you can't come before God. No man comes unto the Father but by me. It's impossible to come to God and to speak to God and to have anything to do with God or God have anything to do with us apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's impossible. It's impossible. No human being has spiritual life until God gives it from above. Until they are born of the Spirit of God. That's what Christ says over in John 3. You must be born again. Why? Because you're dead. <laughs> you're dead. You have fleshly life. You have the life of this flesh that you inherit from your parents. But we do not inherit spiritual life. We're born of God. Born of God. The Word of God teaches us that the world is dead in sin. We see this. Boy, do we see this on the news every day, don't we? The Scripture says, and I've learned this as, I've, as I grow older, the whole world lieth in wickedness. Don't you see that as you get older? I didn't see it that, that much when I was in my 20s and even in my 30s, but now that I'm in my 50s, I see it. I see it. I mean from... From top to bottom, the whole world lies in wickedness. Outside of Christ, it's nothing but wickedness. Outside of that ark was nothing but wickedness. That's what the scripture teaches us. Here's the second one. We have death. We had death in sin. Now we have death for sin. Look over in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Here we're going to have death for sin. In verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. 
it's death. The scripture says it's appointed unto men once to die. We'll see that later on in the next message. When sin is when sin came in, when it came into this world, it brought forth death. I'll tell you something else it brought forth. It brought forth separation from God. Banishment. Adam lived in a perfect garden. I, I can't imagine the Garden of Eden. God created it. It was perfect. I'm sure the grass he walked on felt like plush carpet. There were no thorns and briars and none of that stuff. It was a perfect place. Absolutely perfect. And then he sinned. He rebelled against God. God said, don't eat of it. And he ate of it. He rebelled against God. And then what happened? God kicked him out of the garden. He kicked him out of the garden. However, he kicked him out with a promise. <laughs> Aren't you glad of that? The promise of that seed of the woman. You know, God says over in Isaiah, I am a just God. And he's proven it many, many times. Kicked Adam out of the garden. But he went out with a promise. He said, I'm a just God and a Savior. He flooded this world. It's hard to imagine this, isn't it? It's hard to imagine that this whole earth at one time was flooded above the, even the highest mountain. Flooded. Everything on it died. There's a, there is a scene, there is an act of God's justice. But on that water floats a little ark. And inside that ark, everything's safe. Everyone in that ark is alive and safe from the wrath of God. And you, you know, you, you know that ark represents the Lord Jesus Christ. All who are in Christ are safe from the wrath of God. But sin brings separation. Over in Isaiah 59, look over in Isaiah 59. In Isaiah 50, 59, look in verse 2. Well, let, me, let me see verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. That's not the problem. <laughs> you know, my problems that I'm in is not because God's hand is shortened that it cannot save, that he cannot help me or deliver me. That's not the problem. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. It's, it causes separation. Look over in Jeremiah. I saw this this morning. In Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5. In verse um, 25. Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholden good things from you. It has separated us from God, and it has withheld good things from us. I'll tell you what else sin has brought forth. Suffering. Suffering. That rich man lifted up his eyes in hell, and what's it say? Being in torment. 
being in torment. It brings suffering. You know, the things that we suffer in this life, whether it's, you know, the ailments of the body or whether it be the mind or, you know, the heartaches we have, the very root of it is what? Sin. You take sin away and there's no more suffering. You know, and that new heaven and new earth that the scripture teaches us about. There's no more sorrow, no more, no more crying, no more tears, no more, no, none of this stuff, no more sin, none of that. None of that. Why? Because sin is gone. That which caused it is gone. Christ has put it away. And then sin brings forth eternal death. That second death. Without Christ, there's no end to it. There is no end to it. Now thirdly, we had death in sin, we had death for sin, now we had death to sin. And this is the good news of the gospel. Those first two bad news. You got to hear the bad news. You can't skip over the bad news. You wouldn't, the good news wouldn't mean anything to you if you didn't know the bad news. If the Holy Spirit did not convict us of sin of righteousness and judgment. The gospel wouldn't mean anything to us. The person of Christ would not mean anything to us. His work wouldn't mean anything to us. His blood wouldn't mean anything to us. But boy, when you learn the bad news, you learn what you are by nature. When you, God teaches, teaches you what you are by nature and what you deserve, boy, the gospel's good news. <coughs> The gospel's good news. When I look at Calvary and I see that such a one as Christ had to die such a death in order to save me, what does that say about me? <laughs> so what does that say about me? That God would put his son to death and he would have to suffer such, go through such suffering and to die such a death. Now you, now you understand why Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me, deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. That's how God's going to deliver me, through his son, Jesus Christ. Now we have death to sin. Romans chapter, here in chapter 6. In verse 1, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, how in the world did I go from being dead in sin and then under the penalty of death for sin to now I'm dead to sin, dead to it? (laughs) Saved people now, God's people, are dead to sin. Not His presence, no, we, we know that. We're not his presence. We, we struggle with sin every day. We struggle with that, that inward fight with sin every day. And not its influence. Lead us not into what? Temptations. David said, let no sin have dominion over me. Not its influence. We know that we still have sin in us. 
But we are saved from the guilt of it, from the power of it to reign. Sin is not my master anymore. Ye are not, Paul says over here in this, in this uh, chapter, chapter 6, you are made free from sin. You are not, you are not the servants of sin. At one time you were servants to it, slaves to you, bondage to the lust of this f- flesh. And I'm telling you, that covers everything. Lust of this flesh covers everything. Slaves to it, in bondage to it. You were the, he said, you were the servants of sin, but now you're not. Now you're not. You're free from it. Christ has, con- Christ has killed the reigning power of, of sin. And you're free from its condemnation. So it says in Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is now, right now, in Christ, no condemnation. I don't have to wait until I stand before God to find out whether there's gonna, I'm going to be condemned or not. In Christ, it's, it's gone. It's gone. I don't have to fear condemnation. The blood of Christ has put it away. Did you hear what Jesus said to me? They are all taken away. All of them. Gone. You know, I've learned this. I've got one real problem. Now, I've had some problems over the years. You know, all of us us have had problems. We go through problems, trials, heartaches. But I've got one. I have really, really, I have one. And he's taken care of. And that's my sin. If that's taken care of, I can survive everything else. (laughs) I cannot survive sin. I cannot survive that not being taken care of. And there's only one who can take care of it. And that's my Lord. He's the only one who put it away. I don't have to face it. Don't have to deal with it. It's gone. It's gone. Sin, he says in Romans 6, sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law. You're under God's grace. It's not your master anymore. Christ is our master, isn't he? Christ is our master. Not sin, not Satan. And they are real. Now, these things are real. The Lord Jesus Christ is my master. And all those whom God saves are sealed, the Scripture teaches us, with the Holy Spirit of promise. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm not trying to do this by myself. I'm not trying to live right. It's not something I'm just trying to do. Straighten up and live right. No, you're under the power of God. You're under the power of the Holy Spirit. And he guides and directs and instructs and chastens and not under the power of sin anymore. It doesn't feel like it, does it, most of the time. Most of the time you just, my, you struggle with it. You struggle with it. But the condemning power of sin is gone. 
We'll see that in the next message. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ gave sin its death blow at Calvary. You are dead. You who believe the gospel, you are dead to sin. You're dead to the guilt of it, the power of it, the condemning power of it. It's gone. It's gone. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Death in sin, death for sin, and death to sin. And we have that in Christ. All right.